Monday, October the 5th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Donald Trump's COVID-19 infection and conflict in the Caucasus escalates. First, the world in brief. Confusion deepened about the state of President Donald Trump's health. Mr. Trump, who is being treated in hospital for COVID-19, posted a video saying he was feeling much better, but that the real test of his condition would come over the next few days. On Sunday, his doctors revealed that he had been given supplemental oxygen, yet might be discharged as early as today. The president later attracted criticism for taking a ride in a motorcade to surprise supporters who have gathered outside the hospital. An aide to Ilham Aliyev, Azerbaijan's president, said the country will destroy military targets in Armenia in response to a rocket's killing of a civilian and injuring four others in the Azerbaijani city of Ganja. Armenia denied the attack took place. Tensions between the two countries over Nagorno-Karabakh, a part of Azerbaijan controlled by Armenians, now threaten to widen. Paris and New York reversed the relaxation of their coronavirus strictures after caseloads in both cities crept up. As France is recording over 12,000 new infections a day, its capital crossed a maximum alert threshold. Starting tomorrow, its bars will be shut. New York reimposed restrictions on swathes of Brooklyn and Queens, affecting schools, restaurants and more. The global tally of confirmed cases reached 35 million. Thousands of protesters gathered in Mexico City in one of the biggest demonstrations against Andreas Manuel López Obrador since he became the Mexican president two years ago. Opposition to Mr. López Obrador has grown because of his record in office on the economy, crime and tackling the coronavirus. Voters in New Caledonia, a French territory in the southern Pacific Ocean, rejected independence in a referendum. The No campaign won 53.26% of votes cast, a narrower margin of victory than in a similar poll held in 2018. The result will be a relief to President Emmanuel Macron's government, which worries that independence for the thinly populated archipelago would weaken French influence in the region. Veolia, a French utility firm, said it would not launch a hostile bid for the remaining shares of Suez, a water and waste management rival. On Thursday, Veolia had announced its purchase of 29.9% of the shares in Suez from Angie, a power firm, as a prelude to a full takeover bid. But opposition from Suez and the French state scuppered that plan. And reports suggested that Cineworld will close all its cinemas in America, Britain and Ireland this week due to the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. The world's second largest cinema operator hopes to reopen them next year, but sources said that social distancing restrictions and delayed film releases have made it unviable to keep them open this winter. And now here's today's agenda. Unmasked. Donald Trump and COVID-19. Today marks the president's fourth day in Walter Reed Hospital after announcing on Friday that he had tested positive for COVID-19. On Saturday, Mr Trump said he was starting to feel good. His doctors have raised the possibility of a return to the White House as soon as today. That would raise eyebrows. Mr Trump required supplemental oxygen on Friday and is being treated, among other things, with dexamethasone, a steroid that is used to reduce inflammation in higher-risk patients. The prognosis for COVID-19 patients often does not become clear until several days after symptoms first appear. Most people remain contagious for 10 days after they become symptomatic. Precisely when the president was infected is uncertain. 
although Mr Trump is one of several guests at a White House event on September 26th to have tested positive. A rapid discharge from hospital could suggest the White House is still not taking the virus seriously enough. Gavel Down America's Supreme Court is back Today, America's Supreme Court begins its term shorthanded. As Republican senators rush to confirm Amy Coney Barrett for the seat vacated by Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the liberal justice who died last month, the remaining eight judges will pick up their telephones for remote hearings without their customary round-robin handshake. A case involving partisan bias on state courts and a copyright battle between Oracle and Google come before the court during its first week back. In November, by which time Miss Barrett could have joined the bench, the justices will hear another challenge to the Affordable Care Act and a case pitting religious liberty against LGBT rights. Voting rights, the Mueller report and limits on police use of force also dot the docket. A variety of election-related cases, pitting Republicans against Democrats on measures to ease postal voting, will help keep the Supreme Court in the spotlight in the coming weeks. A bad week for big tech. Google's antitrust moment. Things in America change quickly these days, but efforts to rein in big tech will still make headlines this week. First up, probably today, will come the release of a report by a congressional committee. It may call, among other things, for legislation that would force tech giants to separate their main platform business, such as Amazon's online marketplace, from other activities, selling their own products and services, say, so they cannot give the latter a leg up. And any day now, the Department of Justice is expected to file a lawsuit against Alphabet, Google's parent, most probably accusing it of maintaining and abusing a monopoly in online search, the first big antitrust case in tech since the department went after Microsoft in 1998. But critics of big tech should not get their hopes up too high. It will take years before any new legislation is implemented or any lawsuit works its way through the courts. Engine Trouble The Beijing Motor Show This year's first major exhibition for car enthusiasts, the Beijing Motor Show, draws to a close today. The 10-day fair is expected to have attracted nearly 1 million visitors. Global car makers are pinning their hopes on a speedy recovery of consumer confidence in China, the world's biggest market for passenger vehicles. They have little reason for cheer, however. Despite an uptick in recent months, the total volume of passenger cars sold in China in the first eight months of 2020 was down by 15% compared with the same period last year. Domestic car sales have already been falling for two consecutive years before the pandemic hit China in January. Ever-rising parking fees, endless traffic jams and public transport improvements continue to dissuade many younger Chinese from splurging on a new car. And the convenience and affordability of Chinese ride-hailing platforms like Didi, which boasts more than 350 million users, could permanently weaken the appeal of vehicle ownership. Studying abroad Britain's new student visas Boris Johnson's government will today launch a new visa for foreign students coming to study at British universities. The revamp is part of a broader overhaul meant to reform Britain's immigration laws after Brexit. The new student visa has premiered before most other changes in order to entice international students to take up places at British universities, in spite of the pandemic. Universities had feared losing them and their lucrative tuition fees entirely, thus blowing a serious hole in their finances. 
the government hopes that rolling out the new visa, which includes a period of two years to find a job after graduation instead of three months under the old system, will dissuade students from staying closer to home. But universities may have helped to sort out the problem themselves. Increased recruiting efforts abroad and a lack of palatable alternatives have led to a 9% increase in international undergraduate enrolments this autumn. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Steve Jobs, who died on this date in the year 2011. Innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And if you enjoy our journalism, please consider taking out a subscription. You can go to economist.com forward slash voice offer to get 12 issues for $12.